You're listening to a message from Mercy Culture Church, home of Pastor Landon and Heather Schott in Fort Worth, Texas. For more information about Mercy Culture and ways that you can be a part of it, visit mercyculture.com. How many are ready for the word this morning? If you want my notes, you can text notes to the number that comes on the screen and what is in front of me will be sent to you. Mark chapter 9, verse 14. Mark chapter 9, beginning in verse 14. It says this, And when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them. Scribes were arguing with them, and immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, Jesus, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. And he asked them, What are you arguing about? And someone from the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth. He grinds his teeth. He becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. And he answered him, O faithless generation, how long am I going to be with you? How long do I bear with you? Bring him to me. Verse 20. And they brought the boy to him, Jesus. And when the Spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy. He fell on the ground, rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the father, how long has this been happening? Jesus asked this to the father. He said, from childhood, verse 22. And it has often cast him into fire or water to destroy him. But if you could do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said, if I can, all things are possible for those who believe. Someone say all things. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe. Help my unbelief. Immediately the father of the child cried out. It says this, and Jesus saw the crowd running together. He rebuked the unclean spirit. You mute and deaf spirit, I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. After crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out. And the boy was like a corpse. So that most said that he was dead. Verse 27. But Jesus said, take him by the hand, lift him up, and he arose. Verse 28. When they had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? Verse 29, the King James says it this way. And he said unto them, this kind only come forth by prayer and fasting. I came to tell you this morning, the fast of today determines your tomorrow. The title of this message this morning is Tomorrow's Fast. Let's pray. So Lord, we declare right now that your word is true. We say, let every man be a liar. Let your word be a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. Lord, we hide your word in our heart that we won't sit against you. Lord, I pray right now that you would give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, minds to understand what your spirit is saying. Holy Spirit, would you breathe upon your logos written word? I pray it would become a live rhema a revelation for us today. Holy Spirit, we declare right now, we don't make room for you, but we give you the entire room. Father, I thank you that nobody came to hear me. We all came to hear you. So we say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And all God's people said, amen. 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 And we pray, no spirit but the Holy Spirit is welcome in Jesus' name. Someone say amen. amen. 
We are stewarding a prophetic word on reformation. The Lord said this would be a John 3.30 year. This would be a year that we would decrease and he would increase, or he would increase and we would decrease. I would encourage you, if you are a member of this church and you did not hear the message of last week, you need to immediately go listen to it so you can partner with this word. Don't just listen to it one time. Get it in you. We also uh, posted on uh, social media and YouTube and our podcast just the prophetic word portion so you can go back and steward it. In fact, if you text the word Reformation uh, to the number that comes on the screen, you can get the prayer of Reformation. You can be sent the links to all the prophetic words, all of it in one page so you can find it all because it's important that you steward this. It's not a one and done sermon. Well, all that sounds nice. No, God gave us the word and now we need to steward it. In fact, last week when we were releasing these prophetic words, one of the prophetic words was there was going to be mass baptisms that took place this year. And when when God spoke that to me, I had a vision of a ministry in our church called 33rd Company that does belong, that them going around in a truck and randomly baptizing people. Well, I released that prophetic word and randomly they got given a truck this week. I got a text message from the leaders of the ministry that said, hey, we just got given this truck to do baptisms all over the city. Someone say Stewardship. Come on, what prophetic word are you stewarding from last week? It's not a one and done. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're just getting started. It's important that you lock in to begin this year. I'm excited that you're here today. It's cold, it's, it's 14 degrees, and that didn't stop you from coming to church. Come on, someone put your hands together. That's awesome. Well, we got a big year in front of us. If you put this, uh, the screen up of, of what I'm going to preach this year, what we're going to teach this year, we're going to be teaching all year on Reformation, how, how holiness is a fuel to Reformation. We're going to do a series on abominations, uh, uh, what pleases the Lord, what are things that God hates, what are, what are in heightened sins. Then we're going to uh, end the year with a, a, a series on finding favor. I mean, this is going to be an action-packed year that you're going to need to be locked in to get everything out out of this that God has for you. So I want to encourage you. Let's steward this year well. Amen? How many are ready for the word today? Reformers are known for fasting. Someone say fasting. There's many biblical examples of fasting reformers. We see Moses was a reformer and fasted 40 days. Exodus chapter 34. Elijah was a reformer. He fasted 40 days. 1 Kings 19. Esther was a reformer. She called all of Israel to a fast. They fasted three days according to Esther chapter 4 verse 16. Jesus was the greatest reformer. And in Matthew chapter 4, he fasted. You see this common thing that Faster, our reformers are known for fasting. What do I say fasting? What do I mean? Fasting is a deliberate, temporary abstaining from food or drink for spiritual reasons. Fasting is a spiritual discipline that dramatically accelerates spiritual growth. I'm going to say that again. Fasting is a spiritual discipline that dramatically accelerates spiritual growth. I'm going to give you one of the greatest secrets to spiritual growth right now. How many want to spiritually grow? Let me see your hand. Daily encounter. It is the greatest strategy. I've never seen one ever greater than daily encountering. It's why it's the vision of the church. I would say next to daily encountering, I cannot think of anything that will accelerate your spiritual growth more than fasting. 
Let me see your hands again. How many want to spiritually grow? Let me see your hand. Then you're going to have to grow in your journey of fasting if you desire to spiritually grow because that is what this does. So if I, if I break down fasting to its most simplistic form, what are we saying? Fasting is denying the flesh and feeding the spirit. Fasting is denying the flesh and feeding the spirit. Now there's many different kinds of fasts. And I'm going to share just some of them uh, from a biblical perspective. But before I talk about the fast, I just want to give you a caution that religious people may think always try to confuse you with your fast or try to get involved and make fasting difficult, difficult or complicated. And that's what religious people do with anything and everything. So they'll say, well, if you're not drinking just water, you're not fasting. Well, that's actually unbiblical. That's not what the Bible says. There's many different fasts I'm going to talk about doing. But I want you to be aware of religious people. Because here's, here's what will happen. Fasting is a spiritual discipline in a spiritual journey. And religious people love trying to get their religion involved with your spiritual journey. So I, I want to help you. Don't argue. Don't entertain don't waste time with anybody that doesn't have a spiritual discipline of fasting trying to give you two cents of their fasting opinions. We got to be kind, but you might, be, you might need to be curt. I'm warning you, when you start fasting, if you're talking about it, people are going to try to put their opinions in. Last year is one of the highlights of my year. My, my nine-year-old son, Preston, gave his life to the Lord. And that was the answer to prayer because I was like, Lord, he, he needs to get saved. I need him to get saved. So he gets saved, and it was this beautiful moment. I, I, I've shared it with you before, and, and I just recorded it when, when it was happening. I just kept my phone right next to me and just, just so I'd have the audio of it. And I, I posted. I said, hey, God, answer my prayer. I was believing for this. And, and, and some real rude, opinionated lady said, well, it's nothing sacred. It's nothing holy. Why are you posting that online? I said, ma'am, I didn't ask your opinion. I don't want it. Hold on. Kindly, I don't care what you think. This is my moment that I'm celebrating what God did in your, my family. Watch. Keep your religious opinions to yourself. Come on, someone say kind. Maybe a little curt. Listen. Don't allow religious people's opinions to interrupt what God is doing in your spiritual journey. Are you with me? There's many different kinds of fasts. What are they? We have water fasts. We have Daniel fasts, or what we know as a partial fast. And there's a lot of confusion about Daniel fasts and a lot of websites. Daniel fast is really just vegetables. That's what it is. It's just vegetables. And people want to you know, argue about what it is and, and different things like that. And you know, like, People say, well, you can't have coffee. You can't have caffeine when you're on the Daniel fast. I mean, well, coffee's a bean in water. I don't know how you found that, but okay. There's liquid fasts. There's what I call, because there's kids in the room, married couples fasts. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5, where it talks about men and uh, husbands and wives uh, uh, fasting each other for a season. And, and this might not be the fast that you love to do as, as a married couple all the time, but if you're single, you should always be on this fast. And if you are not on this fast, you're in sin. And we have, will pray for you at the end of the service today. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. There was corporate fasts where all Israel would fast. And then what I call anything fasts or 
You could fast literally anything to deny your flesh and separate yourself up unto the Lord. So at the beginning of the year, we call these food fasts or corporate fasts. Um, but but there, it's not that there's a wrong or right. I'll teach a little more about this. But, but I, I want you to get the heart of the fast today. Are you with me? Religious people try to argue about the details and they miss out on the heart. I want you to hear the heart. Are you listening to me? Okay, this morning I'm going to preach a lot different than I normally do. Normally I come in like a hammer and you're used to the hammer. Hopefully it's wrapped in velvet, but you're used to it. And this was, a, this was a, a fun week. I'm really excited to, to, to minister and teach today. But I heard the Lord speak to me. He gave me strategy. He said, come in and tell the father's stories. And he told me to come as a spiritual father and tell you the stories of my journey of fasting. So this morning is going to be a lot different. There's going to be way more stories that I, I, I usually don't use a lot of stories when I'm preaching. Uh, so it's going, to, it's going to have a different strategy, but I, I feel like I'm on assignment for the Lord. You ready? Okay, before I begin, I, I need to preface it, this by saying, I'm going to tell you a lot of personal, honest information about my journey with fasting at the risk of sounding arrogant, and I do not want you to hear arrogance. I want you to hear honesty. And, and this could be a little sensitive because I'm going to be talking about the details of many fasts. And the reason why I'm doing that is because I want to bring you into a 25-year journey of prayer and fasting. And I, I don't want you to think that my heart is, hey, look at how awesome I am. Expire to be like me. I want you to fall in love with the God that I have fallen in love with through prayer and fasting. And so that's why I'm sharing these details. Are you hearing my heart? And at the same time, I'm not the only leader in this, in this uh, ministry, in this church that fasts. I, I've lost track about how many fasts Heather's been on and Pastor Jazz has been on and, 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 and Pastor Chris, leaders. I mean, constantly, there's so many leaders in this house that have been on many, many uh, different fasts. And so it's not just me, but it's your entire leadership that have picked up this spiritual discipline. And that's what I want to present to you today. Do you hear my heart? Okay, so Matthew... Uh, chapter 6 warns us that when we're talking about fasting, to not be arrogant or boastful or, or, or use it to impress people. And this is where you got to be careful because you can't make it weird because we're all fasting, so we all know that we're fasting right now, so you don't have to keep it a secret because we're all fasting. You with me? So I, I, I'm not trying to brag. I'm not trying to, to uh, act like I'm, I, I'm better. I'm just trying to be honest about this journey, okay? Okay. So I felt the Lord give me this awesome assignment to, he said, go back and, and look at your fast. I went and chronicled my fast. And what I did not realize was year to date, I've been on a 25 year journey of prayer and fasting. My first fast started in 1998 when I was a sophomore in high school where I started my very first fast. If you can't see that picture very well, I think they have a different one. That's, that's sophomore year. Cascade High School, go Bruins. My very first fast was a five-day juice and muffin fast. I'm pretty sure that's Pastor Steve's fast every year, but that was my first one as a sophomore in high school. My youth pastor called me and, and, and said, hey, uh, let's, let's fast this week. I said, okay. So I, I stayed at his house for the week and we woke up at five in the morning and, and, and fasted or prayed together. And then I was playing football at the time. And so I, I ate muffins to keep a little thing in me. And, 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 and that was the beginning stages. 
back, it's fun going back memory lane. I wore this shirt on purpose. This is from uh, a general in the faith, a guy named Wendell Smith, who had a ministry called Dragon Slayers. This is actually a vintage Dragon Slayers shirt that Jose bought for me for Christmas that I'm wearing today. So I feel like I'm, I'm just in the old school flow today. I'm excited about my Dragon Slayer shirt. So, so this was how I started my fasting journey. And then in my teen years, my fasting journey was sporadic, small, two-day, three-day, five-day, abstract little things that I fasted. And here's what happened in that stage. I learned how to deny. Someone say deny. I learned how to just say no to some things of the flesh. And what happened in that season was that was the season I started to learn how to hear God's voice. Because when you are in the denying stage of fasting is the stage that you begin to learn how to hear God's voice. Then in my 20s, my fasting journey grew a little more. And then it led into 21 day and 40 day times of uh, Daniel fast or partial fast. And then th this was a season where we would do it on a regular basis. Then the Lord would have me do weekend fast where I'd start the first month of the year, the first few days just doing a water fast. And it was the beginning stages of just learning how to what I would call have spiritual discipline. Someone say discipline. So you go from denying saying no to a season of spiritual discipline. In that season, God started using me. And that season, God started leading me. That was a season that Heather and I got married in and we started ministry in together. We started leading other people in fasting. And then uh, the, my journey shifted a little bit as I got into my 30s and I got into this new season of 40-day fasts. And I came into the season, not strategically, not intentionally, but I was just doing my absolute best to follow the voice of the Lord. So in, in uh, 2016, I was a, a full-time evangelist. Heather and I were living in Austin. And we'd come to DFW on a regular basis and minister and I'd written a few books. And so I was on a, a Christian television network and doing an interview. And I, I put in my maps to go back home to Austin. And my maps took me from the studio back to Austin through Fort Worth. And what's wild is of coming to DFW for over 10 years ministering, I had never been to Fort Worth ever. I'd never seen Fort Worth with my own eyes. And my maps took me through the city. And I'm driving through the city and I hear the audible voice of the Lord speak to me and say, you can pastor here. And I was blown away shocked that he said it because I had no interest in pastoring. I didn't want to pastor. And the main reason is because all of the dysfunction I saw in the church, but mostly every church I'd seen modeled was a church that was built around a man or a ministry and not built around the presence of God. And so it was nothing that I wanted to do, but I couldn't shake it. I knew the voice of the Lord. He had already uh, spoken to me. He's already uh, begun to lead and guide me, and I could not leave it alone. I remember walking into grocery stores, calling Pastor Steve, like, man, I feel like the Lord telling me that we're going to pastor a church. I, 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 I say to Heather, I was like, babe, I feel like the Lord's saying this. And she's like, you said we weren't going to pastor. I was like, I know what I said. I said it. But I could not shake it. So I... 2016 goes into 2017. Now I'm borderling, borderlining on the line of potentially being disobedient if I don't start obeying. And so uh, it's 2017, I'm 33 years old, and I feel like I'm supposed to go on my first 40-day fast, and I hear the Lord say, spend the last 40 days of being 33 killing your flesh. So I start my fast. On the third day of the fast, I drive from Austin to Fort Worth and I'm downtown praying and I pull out of downtown and I get a phone call from my friend in Seattle and he said, hey, I just had a dream of you. You're standing on a map of Fort Worth, Texas. Does that mean anything to you? 
I said, bro, no way. I keep driving. I pull out of this city. I take the first exit here on Northside Drive. I pull off this exit. I see this giant red roof. I pull up on Oak Scenic Drive. I drive up to this overpass. As I pull into the church property, I hear the voice say, I heard the Lord say to me, I'm going to give you this place. I'm like, it's getting weird now. Heather doesn't even know we're planting a church now, and you're already telling me what buildings you're going to give us. I, 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 I drive around this moment and, and, and I begin to pray. And I remember that Pastor Zane Anderson told me, he said, hey, when you're on this first fast, there's going to be things that are going to happen and you're going to hear the Lord say, this is a result of the fast. The first fast was just praying to say yes. Then the next year came and I did another 40-day fast and, and we're, we're beginning the stages of the leadership. And I fasted for 40 days. And here's what was my prayer. I asked God to draw leaders to come plant the church with me. People ask, well, how did Pastor Jasmine come? And how did Pastor Chris come? And Pastor Isaac, Vanessa, and Pastor Steve, and Matt. And, and, and how, how did you get all these amazing leaders? I fasted 40 days before the church even started. And I asked the Lord to send the leaders that he had called to this house. Then when I was doing that fast, the Lord told me, he said, for the first 10 years of the church, you're going to fast every year, 40 days for the first 10 years of the church plan. We literally birthed this church in prayer and fasting. Then my third 40 day fast, I fasted for the church. We're at church plant, just planting. And I told everybody, give me your prayer requests. And we took all the prayer requests. We broke the fast at the Western Wall in Jerusalem. And we took all of your prayer requests and put it in the Western Wall. And then that's where we broke the fast. Then, then something shifted in that next year where God started doing something different. He started asking me to do multiple fasts. So we just launched the church. We exploded in a high school. And, and, and I, I, I came in here and I was praying in this building. It was called Calvary at the time. And, and Pastor Charlie let me in to come pray. And I was in here praying on May 16th of 2019. And I hear the audible voice of the Lord speak to me right here. And he said again, I'm going to give you this place. I said, okay, Lord, then I give it back to you. It will never be mine. It will always be yours. The song, You Can Have It All, came out of that moment. And that, that moment, that encounter with the Lord. And so I hid it in my heart. I didn't tell Heather. I didn't tell the elders. I didn't tell anybody. I just, I just hid what God said to me. Fast forward three months later is where a church plant, we're exploding. And I sit down with one of our apostolic elders, Pastor Tom Lane. And he said, hey, the Lord spoke to me. I said, what? He said, he told me to tell you to be aggressive about your building. Now, the most aggressive thing I can think to do spiritually is to fast. So this was a, a, a change in my fasting journey, because I just did a 40-day fast, but then my apostolic elder, one of my spiritual fathers, tells me to be aggressive about what God wants to do in our church, so that told me to fast. Like, I, I didn't hear God say fast. Like, it just exploded in me. If I got to be aggressive, it's got to be fasting. There's no other way to do it. So I did my second 40-day fast in that year, and I walked around this building every day for 40 days, and I prayed those 40 days what I said to the Lord at the altar. I said, Lord, if you give it to me, I'll give it back to you. It'll never be mine. It will always be yours. And then on the last day, this is where it can get a little weird, and, and I'm not saying this is fasting protocol. I'm just telling you this is what I felt like I was supposed to do. I walked around it barefoot seven times, and then I blew my shafar all around it, and then I went and met with Pastor Charlie. And I sat with Pastor Charlie and I said, on May 16th, God told me he was going to give me this place. I just finished a 40-day fast and I understand how arrogant that sounds. So can I wash away the arrogance of that statement by washing your feet? He said, yes. I washed his feet. We prayed together and Mercy Culture bought this building and we owned it 90 days later. 
There's miracles in the fast. Then the next year, we started fasting again because it was just, you know, that's what we do at the beginning of January. So we do the next fast. And then that year, the Lord told me to uh, fast for America. And so, so we're, we're, we're praying, we're believing God for America. I'm just being honest with you and I'm vulnerable with you. I, I was like, we're, we're in trouble. We're, we're, this, this thing's folding fast. We're, this, this is going to implode. This is not good. We got bad leadership. Demonic forces are ruling and raging. COVID just absolutely just destroyed the spiritual fabric of our nation. And so I'm fasting, believing God for miracles in America. And I feel like I'm supposed to break the fast in D.C. So I go to Washington, D.C., and I'm expecting to see, like, literally principalities, like, camping out, having s'mores on the White House, just all over D.C. Like, I'm expecting it for it just to be, like, just demonic. And I get to D.C., and the only way I can describe it is I feel currents of the presence of God. Have you ever been in waters and you feel, like, warm currents next to you? Not when you're by a five-year-old, but when you're by yourself. Where you just start feeling like those warm currents of like water coming through. I felt these currents of the presence of God. And then Heather and I, we, we went and we were standing in front of the Capitol and they had it all fenced up, but, but we were sitting there looking at it and I had this vision of this, this, this antichrist spirit trying to sow seeds of communism in our nation. But there was decades of prayer and revival laid. There was so much freedom that was laid in the fabric of our nation. What the enemy was trying to do could not overcome it. It was almost laughable when the enemy tried to make this an anti-Christ nation. It couldn't because there was so much freedom in the grounds of America. There's constantly these amazing things that have happened when we're fasting. And the year after that, or just after that, that was the second time the Lord called me to a second one in, in one year, second 40 day, where I fasted and prayed for Pastor Steve and his campaign. I wasn't going to campaign for him, but I would spiritually campaign through prayer and fasting for him and just set, set my heart for the purposes of God to be revealed. Over and over and over, we had done this. Yeah, so uh, the next fast after that, we went on this fast, and one thing that Heather and I do is we ask the Lord where we're supposed to break our fasts. And uh, we, we, we went to Dallas to break our fast this time. And we're in Dallas and, and, and we're pulling into Dallas. And as soon as we pull in, I hear the Lord say, you sought my heart in Waco. Now you're going to have my hand in Dallas. Where there are significant spiritual moments that take place. And what I learned in this stage, what I learned going through this season was that the desire in me would shift when I hit the season of 40-day fasts. So now here we are in January of 2024, and I've just started my 11th 40-day. And the reason why I'm sharing all of this information with you is because I, I hope that at the end of today, what I intentionally accidentally stumbled upon, you would intentionally run into. This is important. This was a 25-year journey that I haven't known what I'm doing. It's been trial and error, and I've just been trying to figure it out, find God. But what I found was in this 25 years of prayer and fasting, he has shown me different stages of him. In my, my beginning stage, or the beginning stage of the fasting, go to the next slide, you'll see that you'll be in this deny stage. 
Whereas all you're learning how to do is deny your flesh. And the deny stage, this is when you're learning how to be a disciple. This is when you're learning Matthew 16, 24. You're learning how to deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow Kim. This is where you're learning how to say no. Now remember, there was a prophetic word last week that was released. That some of you have been saying no to God, and this was a year you would start saying yes to God. How do you begin to say yes to God? You start saying no to the things of the flesh. When you start denying your flesh, you will automatically start saying yes to God. If you need a breakthrough on that 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 place that you've been at, uh, saying no to God and you want to say yes to God, it's going to start when you begin to deny. Someone say deny. When you begin to deny your flesh, listen to me, you will hear God. It's exciting. You will hear God. I promise you, you will hear God. The second stage that I found in my 20s is that season of spiritual discipline where it went from denying to being spiritually disciplined. And in that stage, that's the stage God began to lead me and use me. And a lot of you want to be led by God. You want to be used by God, but you have not gone to the next stage past denial. You're not in the season of spiritual discipline. What does that mean? It means that you cannot be trusted with more yet. Spiritual discipline is a foundation. Let me help you. Listen, you are not going to turn your city around when you can't be consistent in a daily encounter. Are you hearing me? And so many people want to go to one hotel, go to one revival service, have someone lay hands on you, knock you down, and you get up and you're different. Guess what? You still have the same character that you went down with. It's quiet in this spirit-filled church. See, the point of those God moments are those opportunities to become spiritually disciplined. That is how you begin to grow. Then I found myself in this third stage. This third stage, I call it the desire stage. Church, I have never wanted to do a 40-day fast until the one I'm on right now. Number 11. I've never once been like, yes! I can't wait to starve. Who's looking forward to this? Let's go! No, I'm tired Heather says, I'm grumpy. Man, it was easier when one of us was fasting, but when both of us fast, it's like, it go bad quick. Yeah. No, but you can be grumpy. You can be tired. There could be all of these different things. Watch. But, but there's something so significant, watch, in the journey of it. And here's what I found in the desire stage. This is the wildest one, guys. This has been the funnest. This has blown my mind so much. Is in the desire stage, it's when God overwhelms you. No, 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 like, like he does amazing things. I remember walking around this building, calling Heather, like, uh, it's impossible. It's impossible. How is an eight-month-old church going to buy a $40 million building? How is this going to happen? How do you make this happen? How do you make a church explode into thousands and thousands of people in the middle of a global pandemic? How do you start, how are you four and a half years old and have four campuses? How are you doing these ministries going? How did you get 30, 40 different political officials elected? How did, all, how did you feed 50 million meals? How did this happen? Where did this come from? I mean, it is overwhelming. 
People asking, like, oh, how'd that happen? How'd mercy culture happen? Can you help us do it like that? Yeah. Fast. Watch. It is when God overwhelms you by his desires. Guys, this is the place where what he wants becomes what you want. This is the place where you truly desire more than anything for him to be pleased and what he wants to have happen, happen. This is the place where everything changes, guys, and everything gets exciting. Deny spiritual discipline and desire are the stages of fasting. I want to give you some practical advice today to help you on your fasting journey. It doesn't matter if you are in the deny stage, if you are in the spiritual discipline stage, or in a desire stage. Here's some things that I have learned that have helped me. Number one, practical advice. Name your fast. Name your fast. The Bible doesn't tell you to name your fast. I find that it's helped me find a, a, a prayer point or a focus. So how do you name your fast? I just call it what I'm describing. I just call it what I'm describing. So whatever I'm believing for, I call it that. And that's how I name my fast. Number two, make specific prayer lists for fasting. Make a list. Here's some quick advice for this. Have your list not be too long that you can't cover it every day. Make sure it's appropriate length that you can cover it every day. So up on the screen, this is on my phone. If I gave you my phone, that's what my phone looks like. That's why the grammar is not right. That's why it's not pretty for you. That's my phone. It's a screenshot of my phone. So I'm calling the fast that I'm on right now the trustworthy fast. The reason why I'm calling it the trustworthy fast is because I'm asking the Lord, what kind of man do I need to be for you to trust me with more? Notice I'm not asking him for more. I'm asking him to prepare me to steward more. There's a lot of people that are always asking God for more, but you fell down at the altar and didn't get up and haven't stewarded anything different. There's been no character. There's been no disciplines. There's been no progress in you to handle more. So if God gave you more, it would crush you. That's why he hasn't given you more because you haven't prepared yourself for more. So this is the prayer of Lord, prepare me for more. Then I'm asking him to teach me about reformation. The reason why is because almost everything I know is because what Heather's taught me or what is teaching me now and I need to learn more about reformation so I'm asking him Holy Spirit teach me more about reformation then I'm asking for wisdom in heaven's blueprints because it's a part of this prophetic word then I'm asking this is a funny one I'm asking the Lord if I can meet angel Gabriel now this is funny because I was preaching about this on on uh, on Christmas Eve service and I started getting excited about Gabriel I was like Lord can I meet Gabriel I don't know if I'm allowed to ask that so here's I pray Lord I don't know if I'm allowed to ask this but if it's okay to ask this, I want to meet Gabriel. Now, I don't want to die and go to heaven. That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking, like, can I meet him here? Daniel met him. Other people met him. Uh, Zachariah met him. I, I, if it's possible, this is just a prayer. It's on my prayer, my prayer list. Then I'm asking the Lord for a miracle at the Waco building because we need breakthrough because we face demonic resistance in Waco. They're having church in 14 degrees in a tent right now. We need breakthrough. Someone shout breakthrough. Then I'm asking him for authority in Texas, spiritual authority. He determines where it goes. And where that authority goes is what we will walk into. It's part of what I'm praying. Then on a real personal level, I got a five-year-old that's struggling with nighttime things. I'm asking for a miracle with Porter's potty. Porter potty. Some only come out through prayer and fasting. In church, it's gotten to that point. 
We need a miracle in the shot house, okay? And then I'm asking him personally what to invest into into 2024 on a personal note. So rather than making an investment and asking God to bless it, I'm asking him to speak to me before anything ever releases from my hand. This is my personal list. I'm going to encourage you. Don't let today go by without you starting your list. Have your prayer list while you're fasting. Keep going. Fast before big life decisions. What do you mean? Before you propose, fast. Before you take the job, fast. Before you go get indoctrinated by that university, fast. Fast before you make big decisions. More practical advice. Take vitamins or protein to help you with energy while you're fasting. I do those little green supplements that help a lot. Uh, If you fail on your fast, don't give up. Keep going. So some people start fasting two days in. They're like, oh, I, just, I, you know, I, 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 I was so weak. And then you stop. No, no, no. Start over. You don't have to start over the 21 days. Jump back on. If you, if, if, if you fail, keep going. Someone say discipline. Okay. Now, I told you before, don't be religious. But now I'm talking to you as your pastor. Push yourself. Go ahead, wives. You can elbow your husband right now. Okay. Push yourself. Do not be weak. If you're gaining weight on the fast, I promise you, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) Push yourself. Challenge yourself. Now, I'm very aware of this because when God called me to multiple 40 days, that doesn't mean I call the church to multiple 40 days. This is a journey that I'm on. But I'm constantly leaning in to push myself. And just because we're doing 21 days as a church, the reason why we're doing 21 days is I didn't hear the Lord tell me to call you to a 40-day one. And so I'm not going to do a 40-day this year because we did a 40-day last year. But you need to ask the Lord, what are you supposed to be doing? And if you do not feel the disciplines, if you do not feel the deny, you're not pushing yourself hard enough. Are you hearing me? Okay. Uh, Invite your kids into age-appropriate fasting. I started at 15. Start your children. My, my, my daughter, Peyton, she's 12, and she's a, she's a wildfire. She's like, Dad, I want to do a 40-day liquid fast. We're like, you're not allowed to. You're 12. <laughs> you're 12 years old, and you're this tall. We need food in you. You need to grow, okay? And that's not happening yet. But, but, but she, 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 she'll like try to negotiate with us. She's like, okay, Dad, how about, how about I, I, I do a, a 10-day water fast, a five-day liquid fast, then I Daniel fast. We're like, no, how about you do a Daniel fast and then on one day a week you can liquid fast or weekends you could weekend fast. That's what we've settled on. So she's doing a a Daniel fast and on weekends she's doing liquid fast and we're trying to find age appropriate. So our boys, uh, my nine-year-old and my five-year-old are fasting sugar in all media. Preston's doing for 30 days and I think Porter is on 21 days. He did not hear the 30 days like his brother. Uh, but what he did hear was fasting his Jordans for 21 days that he got for Christmas. That's big for a five-year-old. We had a breakdown in day two when he wanted to wear them. <laughs> he was trying to break his fast on day two. <laughs> okay. And they're fun and beautiful and silly. But watch, we're, we're inviting our kids, watch, into the heart or the journey of fasting. Imagine in 20, 30 years from now when our kids are leading this, leading this church and they're telling the stories of when they fasted in fifth grade, in fourth grade, in junior high, and what God has done in their life. Okay, pray about where to break your fast. 
I've broken mine in a prayer room in Washington. I broke mine in California, one in Israel, one in Washington, D.C., uh, twice walking around the building. I think my favorite time ever breaking a fast was this last one with the men where we walked around this church for 40 days together and prayed, and every six steps we rejoiced. That was my favorite moment of breaking a fast ever. But there's these cool moments and assignments that happen when you break your fast in specific places that the Lord leads you. Okay, don't worry about doing it wrong. Guys, I get this as a pastor, this more than anything. People are so afraid of doing it wrong. Please, I want that out of you. Don't worry about, did you do the Daniel? Is, is there a supplement in this? And like you're losing your spiritual reward. Don't worry about that stuff, okay? Look at the only thing you should matter, care about is, are you pleasing the Lord? Are you disciplining your flesh and are you pleasing the Lord? Turn to your neighbor and say, relax. Let me give you some common, answer common questions about fasting. I get this all the time. Do I consult my doctor before fasting? My response is use wisdom. I don't know about you, but I don't need a doctor that can't define a woman or who's trying to give 16 boosters telling me if I should fast or not. I could tell that wasn't a popular statement in the 1130 crowd, so... Enjoy your boosters. I find it interesting that we go into a global pandemic and they're like, hey, you can't be six feet from people and you got to wear a mask and you have to do this and, and, and you have to be a rush and have us change your, your, your uh, DNA through this pretend vaccine and all these different things. And everybody's like, oh yeah, let's do it. I'll wait in line for five hours. Shoot me with anything. Put whatever you want up my nose. And then your pastor says, hey, we're going to fast. You're like, I don't know if it's for me. That's quick. I'm not, I'm not intimidated by you, 1130. I'm not intimidated by you. I got kicked out of enough places to be able to have this conversation with you. You're like, sir, you can't be in this coffee shop. I'm like, how come? Like, you're not wearing a mask. I'm like, no one in here is wearing a mask. It's like, no, they're sitting down. Oh. Okay. Thank you for bringing clarity. They said the distancing didn't work. The vaccine didn't work. None of it worked, except for the conditioning of people to blindly follow unconstitutional mandates. I'll stop here because I want you to get the meat of the teaching today, but some of you are going to have to go before the Lord on this fast at other times and find out why are you so influenced by secular leadership compared to spiritual leadership. We have so many amazing spirit-filled doctors in our church, so use wisdom. Use wisdom when you're fasting, but here's what I'm saying. Do not delegate a spiritual discipline and decision to a worldly or carnal person that does not bow their knee to the Lordship of Jesus. Can I take communion when I'm fasting? Of course, yes. Do you exercise on a fast? My answer is I stay in motion. I ran two miles this morning in 14 degrees. We did the 10K on the justice run while fasting. I have found, I know it mentally, I know it sounds insane, but... 
when you stay in motion, I feel like everything feels better and it's easier to just navigate. I feel a hundred times better when I do light, light workouts versus not doing anything while I'm fasting. Okay. Do I need to hear God personally before I come into unity with the corporate fast? I get this all the time. And this happens a lot with some people that may need to grow spiritually. Here's my answer. You already heard from God to be planted and submitted to this house and this spiritual covering. So when God spoke to you to be planted in this church, it means that you've already said yes to come into the spiritual leadership of this house. And I would really push on you as your pastor to say, why are you here if you don't trust this house spiritually? Why would you be sitting here every week? If you don't trust that I've asked the Lord and gone before you and, 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 and I'm spiritually leading you, then you shouldn't be here. You should go to the church that you want to submit and trust at. And if you can't find a church to submit and trust at, it's not the church's problem. This is something within you that you need breakthrough in. So I would say this, look, I've already asked the Lord. This is what we're supposed to do. But you ask the Lord about what your fasts are supposed to be. So we don't say, hey, everyone's got to do a Daniel or everybody's got to do a full fast. We've never said that one time ever. We say every time, ask the Lord how you come into unity with the house and the season in prayer and fasting. Amen? Amen. I'm going to give you five reasons why I love fasting. In 25 years, these are the five things that I have found, my favorite things about fasting. Number one, you encounter God. Church, it's so stinking easy to hear God when you're fasting. It is so easy. Your spiritual ears and eyes, and you're just so sensitive. It's so easy to hear him. I'm reminded of Exodus chapter 34, verse 28. Moses just finished fasting, and God wrote the Ten Commandments himself. He's like, Moses, just hang out there. I'll show you. I'll do it for you. With his own hand, he wrote the Ten Commandments. Guys, you will see the hand of God writing on your hearts when you are fasting. You will have the greatest God encounters. You will have the greatest spiritual experiences. You will hear him clearly. It is amazing. It leads me into my, my second favorite reason is I spiritually grow. I look back at that 25-year timeline. I'm like, oh my goodness. I remember being a silly kid. I remember struggling in these areas. I remember going through all this and seeing what God has done. Matthew 23, 12 says, whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Church, you automatically decrease when you fast. We've been declaring John 3, uh, 3.30, he must increase, I must decrease. Guys, it automatically happens when you're fasting. I love this. I don't care how spiritually mature you are. I don't care if you've been a theologian for 20 years, how long you've been serving the Lord. We all grow when we fast. Look at the example of Elijah, 1 Kings chapter 19 and 18. Elijah calls down fire from heaven. It consumes the altar. One of the greatest manifestations of the presence of God ever in human history. Elijah just does this. Then one witch threatens him. He becomes depressed and suicidal and runs for his life. That man... After that, goes on a 40-day fast. What happens at the end of the 40-day fast? God speaks to him. He builds a dream team with Jehu and Elisha that would not only overcome Jezebel, but would establish godliness back in the land again. Watch. Even the most spiritually strong ministers will spiritually grow in a fast. 
I even felt in my spirit that some of you used to have seasons of fasting and you have let it go. And God is going to call you back to those wells that you were, you used to go to, you used to live at in this season. I feel that in my spirit. Number three, fasting reveals heaven's blueprints and heaven's strategies. I call it this, the knowing. The knowing is, I just know things. I'll just ask the Lord. We'll be in meetings. We'll be talking about something. I'll just know what to do. What is, what do I mean by the knowing? It is the wisdom of God. It is the mind of God. It's heaven's blueprints. Pastor, what are you saying? I am saying when you are fasting, you will know things you shouldn't know. When you are fasting, you will have the mind of the Lord. When you are fasting, he will download heaven's blueprints to you. Acts chapter 13, verse 2. The church leaders were praying, and after praying and fasting, they anointed Paul and Barnabas, and they sent them out. Watch. After a season of prayer and fasting, they knew the strategy of the Lord for such a time and season. If you want heaven's strategies, you will find it in fasting. Reformers will get heaven's blueprints when they fast. Number four, amazing things happen when fasting. I'll be honest with you, I sat at my, this point number four for a long time this week, and I was trying to describe to you the most strategically way I can. How, how do I describe this? How do I describe what happens? And the, the best way I can describe it is just thinking amazing. It's like, how, how'd that happen? Where, where'd that come? Where, where, how'd that break through? How'd this mirror? I'm telling you, the wildest, craziest, most supernatural things. Look at Matthew chapter four. Holy Spirit leads Jesus. What's the first thing he's doing? He's confronting Satan. He's doing what Adam could not do. The second Adam is doing what the first Adam could not do. Then he tells the devil, get away from me. After the devil gets away from him, heavenly angels come and minister to him. It's all of this wild supernatural stuff that's changing the face of history and humanity. All that happens through fasting, I'm telling you, your family's legacy is changed in a fast. Your miracle for your marriage is changed in a fast. Your ministry is broken through in a fast. It comes through fasting. My fifth, maybe my favorite, I don't know, they're all my favorite, is it's a journey. It's an amazing journey. You're growing in your relationship with God. This was a fun sermon to prepare because I felt like the Holy Spirit just told me what to do and I just, just followed his instructions. And when he told me to go back, he said, go look at your fast. And to be honest with you, I had forgotten. I don't document them like this. I had to go back. I literally looked at my calendar for years and went and found different places and names and things. And I, I saw these 25 years and, and, and as I looked at it, I could not believe what it looked like when I documented it all. Go to that, that, that last screen of, of, of that stage. When I saw the journey of fasting and breakthrough, fasting and miracles, this is so important that you hear this. I never once said, I'm going to go and do this fast, and then this is going to happen. I just did what I felt the Lord tell me to do, and then awesome stuff happens. Church, it's too many to be accidental. It's not coincidental. 
This wasn't random. This was the sovereignty of the Lord. This was the grace of God. This was the mercy of God. And here's what I found is what, what would it look like if 25 year journey of what I've accidentally walked into, what I fell into, what was absolutely unintentional for me became so intentional for you? What if you realized that there were supernatural breakthroughs in your tomorrow? Last story I want to share. God gave me this sermon just about a year ago. And I was standing right here on this stage. And when I was standing on this stage, it was 1130 service and this place is packed jam-packed full of people and full of the presence of God. I mean, I felt the power of God. I was standing right here and I had this whoa moment. Like the, he's here. And I was standing right here in this moment on the stage and I heard the Lord audibly speak to me. And he said this, he said, you are standing in the fasts of yesterday. And when he said it to me, what I heard was, I better fast for tomorrow. I did not realize yesterday what I was fasting for. But the miracle of tomorrow is in today's fast. Church, your tomorrow is determined by your fast today. Look with me in Mark chapter 9. We're going to close the service out today. Mark chapter 9. Kelly, come join me. Jesus is dealing with a demon-possessed boy, religious people, and his immature disciples. The disciples of Jesus and the Pharisees are arguing about why this demon can't be cast out of the boy. This is important. The man's, the boy's dad brings him to the disciples, but the disciples of Jesus could not cast out the devil. Reminds me of the Church of America today. People come in and they need deliverance, and there's not the power in the church to deliver people because we've kicked out the powerful one, the Holy Spirit. So instead of casting out devils, we just name them and tell people to live with them. The boy's dad goes to Jesus and says, if you are able, would you deliver my son? And Jesus responds, if. All things are possible for those who believe. And I love the humble response of the boy's dad when he says to Jesus, he said, hey, would you just help me overcome my unbelief? Church, I pray this prayer constantly whenever I'm struggling with unbelief. Lord, would you help me overcome my unbelief? As he's praying this prayer, Jesus cast the devil out. The boy's instantly healed. He's in his right mind. He's standing on his feet. But I want to point out the part of the story that's most important to you. Verse 28, put it up on the screen. The disciples came to him privately and they said to Jesus, why couldn't we cast this devil out? What do you have that we don't have? 
How come we couldn't do it? Watch this. And Jesus' response to his disciples is found in the King James Version. And he said this, these kind only come out through prayer and fasting. But watch this, church. Jesus wasn't fasting. He had already fasted. No, no, you need to see this today. The power you need today is in the fast of yesterday. And the miracle you need tomorrow is in the fast of today. Watch when the situation arose that they needed the power of God, that they needed the miracle of God, when they needed the supernatural hand of God. Watch, Jesus had it because he had already been in the place of fasting yesterday. He had already went and stood in front of Satan. He had already denied his flesh. He had already learned suffering. He had already overcome what the first Adam could not do. Watch, he had already been with the Lord in the place of fasting. So he had the strength and the power he needed today. came to tell you today your deliverance in tomorrow is in your fast of today hear my heart I didn't tell you about a bunch of fasts so that you think I'm a good leader after my 10th or 9th 40-day fast, the Lord said to me, you better keep fasting. It wasn't in this place of, oh, no, no, we got there. Oh, no, we're strong enough. No, no, I know there's something into my tomorrow that I need to fast for today. Church, I hope that something in you goes from denying your flesh to being spiritually disciplined for a greater desire that something begins to turn in you watch that you're not governed by the things of your flesh that you're not dictated by the things of the flesh but something great inside you begins to desire something greater someone greater where you begin to lean into the lordship of Jesus where you know there's something powerful and supernatural in your tomorrow if you will fast for it today You bow your heads and close your eyes all over this place. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Mercy Culture Church. If this podcast has blessed you, we'd like to encourage you to share it with a friend. To learn more about us, find us on social media and online at mercyculture.com. 